might know this story. You might know inside and out everything that there is about this story. Today we're talking about hospitality and where this story sits with that idea of what hospitality is. And if you've ever been to Sunday school and you've heard about this story with hospitality in mind and generosity, you're probably sick to death of this story. This story of Zacchaeus, yes, I know, Zacchaeus, yes, he's a very small man. Yes, he goes up the tree to see Jesus. He can't see him, and then Jesus spots him, and then he comes down the tree, and then he gives up everything of his worldly wealth, and would I give up my Game Boy for Jesus? I don't know, but okay, that's fine. But as we grow up, we have to look into it in a little bit more depth. We have to take it that little bit further and understand where it sits with our idea of what it means to be a hospitable church. We have heard Mrs. Zacchaeus, and I want to say why that's important for me. It was important that you heard that because it's important to look at the other people around Jesus and Zacchaeus, for them to see what's going on and trying to work out what on earth is going on. This image that we have of this wee small man, it's the typical redemption story, isn't it? Boy is bad. Jesus, good. Boy meets Jesus. Boy come good. Boy become holy. Boy become hospitable. Does that really, is that really the message that we have in this church? That as soon as you become a Christian, that's it. We, we become hospitable. We become open. We, we start giving stuff away and start welcoming everyone around to our house as if we operate at McDonald's 24-7 or something. Not entirely sure we do, but we're all on a process. We're all on a journey, aren't we? Is this little man on his journey? I think he is because it's a true silver screen material. It's a classic story of salvation. And this passage is used multiple times to underline the importance, the importance of practicing hospitality as a family of God. When Christ comes into our lives, we are compelled to see each other as brothers and sisters, one heavenly father, all created in the same image. So what do we do with that? Dinner time. Quick run. Put out the Waitrose Essential range. Question, this this is being recorded, isn't it? Waitrose Essential range. Um, Is everything on that range totally essential? I don't... I don't know. I I don't know if half of those things are essential, but that's okay. Get the good crockery out. Put flowers on the table. Febreze that toilet. Everything that suddenly is put on Mrs. Zacchaeus and and Zach's household. A household and a world flipped upside down by a moment of hospitality. So scripturally, where are we coming from? Why are we asked to practice this kind of level of generosity? And why do we feel it's important? Hebrews 13 says, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. 
For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. You don't know who you're welcoming into your house, into your work, into your church, into your lives. Some of you won't know who you are cooking for. You won't know the lives of those people. You say, hey, can I give you a lift? Growing up for me, I really do hope my parents aren't watching this, half of the time, I didn't even know who was coming around to our lunch after church. The, all I knew was there was the table set, which means people are coming, which means pudding. <laughs> and that's no bad thing. Dinner with strangers. Did Zach know who he was inviting for dinner? I would say he did. He knew he was coming. He prepared for his coming. He prepared by climbing that tree. He knew he had to see this guy, Jesus. He wasn't somebody who was just there prepared to go, there's this guy coming, can't be bothered. I've got a job to do. If he changes my life, great, but I'm not going to go out of my way. He does. He goes out of his way. He climbs a tree. I'm at an age now, I can't climb trees. I wish I could. My son climbs trees all the time. Scares the living daylights out of me. But he does. And so does Zach. Does Zach know who he's asking? Who has invited himself around for dinner. Did Mrs. Zacchaeus know? Did the household know who they were getting ready for, that they were putting out the best crockery, the best food? Did they get why it was important? Was Vianetta served? Truly the king of desserts. No, I'm being told there are other desserts available. It should be within our nature to, as Hebrews 10 states, let us consider how we might spur one another on towards love and good deeds. This is hospitality, that we encourage one another, lift each other up. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Each and every one of us should be encouraging each other and those people we meet. Encouraging them in what they are doing. Encouraging them in the goodness that you see in them. Encouraging them and lifting them up. This is the practice of hospitality because we want to be drawn together as a community, united as a family under God. You say, yes, but Pat, I really don't like my family. I'm not even sure about the family here. That's okay. That's why I say practice hospitality, not perfecting hospitality. Hospitality is about encouraging those God has put in your life so that you can bless them and release them in ways you can't even imagine. Why are we releasing them? Because each and every one of us 
is invited by God to be kingdom builders, to help build his kingdom. It is our aim every Sunday morning to welcome people, to equip you and encourage you so that another week can continue where God's kingdom continues to grow, continues to be built in the hearts and minds of our community. We practice hospitality in the knowledge that we are equipping others and supporting one another and possibly even angels to build his kingdom. This is a star hospitality. Any teachers amongst you, I don't know the new grading system, so I'm going to go with A-star. You welcome people into your home or church, and maybe they don't leave with half your worldly possessions, but they should leave refreshed, vitalized, and encouraged in what God has prepared for them. Well done. You've completed the portion set before you by the Lord. But what happens when the crockery is chipped, when the pudding is just a biscuit, when the stranger smells, they're weird and unkind? What keeps you going? Do you keep the invites going just because you think that's what hospitality is? You've heard the phrase, I'm sure, blessed to be a blessing to others. It comes from Genesis 12. God says to Abraham, I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. It's usually on social media and lots of posters, usually with a hashtag, hashtag blessed to be a blessing. And it's usually over the top of a picture, usually of a charming couple out having dinner together or walking in a vineyard somewhere in the south of France. That's not what it's supposed to be. Yes, we believe that we are blessed to be a blessing to others, but that doesn't mean just the wealthy sharing their good fortune. It's not a glib word of compassion to those in need. It's not an excuse for comfy living in the face of need. It's the allowing of love to flip turn our world upside down. So God can get to work building his kingdom in and around us. Both you who invite and you who receive. You see, if we take this passage a little bit further, we get to verse 8. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. If I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. This very much depends on how you read it. The first is to read it in the future, in a future tense, and allow me to explain. One can read this as, as I said at the beginning, as a classic story of redemption. Christ turns up and Zacchaeus is changed. Everything about him changes. Greed is gone. His world is flipped, turned upside down. And I have the lyrics of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air going on in my head. Please excuse me. His world is flipped upside down. And hospitality is the result of his changed character. The rich man opens his door to the poor and the cheated. 
This follows a very typical Jewish and Christian narrative. Wealth is seen as a sign of God's favor, but at times we must share said wealth and it is the hospitable attitude to share it. I don't know about you, but I tend to see Matthew 19 that it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich man to go to heaven as pretty solid proof that Jesus does not see things in such a black and white fashion. The hospita- that hospitality can only be practiced by the haves and practiced on the have-nots. So let's turn it upside down. What if this man Zacchaeus is in the process of giving away his worldly possessions, that he is practicing hospitality and generosity in the here and now, that Jesus comes to a man attempting to be righteous, but belittled by his community. And no point does Zacchaeus admit to sin. Is it because he's already humbled himself? Is it that he's already admitted his guilt And he's attempting to rectify it already. Is that why he was up that tree? If we wander back through Luke, this story comes after Jesus tells a rich man to sell his possessions. After a blind man repents, Zacchaeus would have known these were the stumbling blocks of getting to know Jesus and to find out what he really meant. If he had repented, if he had given away his ill-gotten wealth, then this story is turned upside down, but it's still a story of hospitality. The act of hospitality, then, is not Zacchaeus opening his door, but Jesus being prepared to sit. But Zacchaeus, surely, he opens his door to Jesus. Yes, but Jesus, in love, gives himself over to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus' world is flip-turned upside down. You see, there are two people here, both in need to communicate to the other. I'm sure you know the love languages, words of affirmation, physical touch, gifts, time, actions. Zacchaeus is in the place of giving away his worldly gifts, but he needs the words of affirmation from Jesus. He needs to hear that his sins are forgiven. When we give hospitality to each other, to those in need, you need to know where they're coming from. One person always receives, one person always gives. Who are you? Because there's a power dynamic involved in that. There are two people who sit down to meal together. A cord of two snaps easily, but three is stronger. We are told where two or more of you meet, there am I also. So when you sit down, when you invite somebody into your life, that is hospitality. When you allow them to be with you, to encourage one another, that is hospitality. When you walk together with God, That is hospitality. Allow God to direct you. Two people, both allowing each other to turn each other's worlds upside down. 
Hospitality is allowing ourselves to be open to each other, to be welcoming and wanting to be with one another, and especially allowing our lives to be shaped by Christ, who shows us where his kingdom is. His kingdom is within each of us. And by welcoming in others, you are seeing part of that kingdom. Let's pray. Almighty God, may you open up to us our eyes to see where we can give humbly to the support and love of others. Help us to recognize that hospitality isn't just pulling out the fine china. It isn't just about getting the finest foods on our table, but it's about caring and loving and walking with our neighbors. Lord, shape us, renew us, that we would be a hospitable church, walking with one another and lifting our brothers and sisters to you. Amen. We are going to continue in prayer now as we come to our intercessions. Thank you.